Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. When the town decided to close Coburg Beach last summer due to the pandemic, it was a cause for some serious reflection. In fact, it drew attention to a lot of the issues lying just below the surface. Who uses the beach? Is it a public place? And who has jurisdiction over it? Beyond all that is another feature of the beach. It is one of many attractions and events that draw tourists. And while there were tourism reports done in the past, a unique opportunity was presented this past year with the pandemic. On Monday, Coburg Council will receive a tourism study. It looks at the economics of tourism, specifically It examines small and medium-sized businesses. This has never been done before, and since the pandemic killed the tourism trade with the lockdowns and restrictions, there was a chance to compare the differences in a stark way. By looking at 2019, which was one of the best years, and putting it beside 2020, which is without question one of the worst, the town could get a clear idea of the impact of tourism. The first interview on today's show is with the marketing and events manager for the town, Kara Uale will walk us through the details. She will tell us some things we already know, but she's going to also shatter some myths and misconceptions about tourism. Oh, and by the way, just a quick fact. Tourism is the second largest contributor to the economy in Northumberland County. The first is agriculture. Please listen to my interview with the manager of marketing and events for the town of Coburg about a major study of the economics of tourism. I'm so pleased to have with me today Kara Uale, the Marketing and Events Manager for Coburg. Welcome to Consider This. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Why was it necessary to do this tourism study? So, for years, we've collected different data on tourism in kind of different facets. So, we've known for many years, thanks to data that we've received from Ontario or, you know, the federal government, that tourism is a billion-dollar industry. Uh, But, and you know, locally we've done all sorts of tactics like surveys uh, with, you know, visitors, cell phone tracking devices to see, you know, how many people are in Coburg for a set event or a busy long weekend. But what we've struggled with in the past has been to get kind of concrete data from our local businesses on what kind of impact tourism spending has on their businesses. So it it was really twofold. So, you know, this has been something we've hoped to get for many years, but we understand that it's struggling for, you know, the businesses to pause everything else that they have to do and give us that data. Um, but we had a government grant this past year from FedDev Ontario, which was really supportive. So we used that funding, which is, you know, money we don't normally have. So one benefit is it came at no cost to our local taxpayers. 
Um, and the other was really we saw an opportunity with COVID. I know that sounds strange, but essentially, you know, we were hoping that it would be easier for our businesses to draw a correlation between a busy 2019 and a 2020 that kind of stopped it. So that provided us with, you know, this window of opportunity, essentially. How many businesses did you survey? There was 135 survey respondents. So while the focus of the survey was intended for small to medium-sized businesses, um, we did allow it to be open up to the general public. We wanted the general public to also give us, you know, their input on how they felt tourism impacted the local community. Uh, so out of the survey itself, we actually had 93 interested members of the community, and then we had 45 business owners and tourism partners who participated either through the survey or through one of our focus groups. Uh, so we understand, like, you know, obviously I would have liked to have 100% of all small uh, to medium-sized business owners participate, but for a community of our size, it's actually quite a good sample size. Uh, and the way I look at it is we're always trying to progress forward. So that's, that's, that's data on 45 different local businesses and tourism sector organizations that we didn't have five years ago. Um, and we hope now that we can kind of move forward on this even further. Okay. An overwhelming majority of business owners said they strongly agreed that tourism is an important economic driver. When you dig down into the figures, 80% of the businesses and tourism organizations said that they rely on seasonal tourism. What does that say about our local economy? I don't think it's a... Well, I guess it depends on, you know, live or die. So when you look at it, so 23% of retail businesses stated that tourism contributed between 50 and 65% of their annual revenue. 29% of food and beverage said uh, 20 to 35%, and 50% of accommodations, of course, stated a range between 65 and 80%. And even on the low end of that number, you know, you take a look at food and beverage. Of course, you know, you want your business to be able to survive on the local population, right? You need to, you need to have a sustainable business model for 12 months out of the year. However, if you were to take 20 or 35% of your salary away, it'd be pretty difficult to pay your bills, I imagine, right? So that is, you know, that is a significant number when you look at that model. 20 to 35% of your annual revenue, um, you know, that, that pays the bills, that puts food on the table. Um, so, you know, and that's the lower end. You know, when you're looking at the retail, uh, you know, up to 50 to 65%, and of course our accommodations, they rely heavily on on tourism. Uh, so it does, I do think it has a significant impact, not on all businesses, of course. There are, you know, banks aren't going to go, you know, out of business because tourism isn't big. But for a lot of our businesses, you know, if you're, if you're stating that 20% of your business comes from tourism, then you're essentially a tourism organization business. So again, I guess it comes back to what percentage of businesses in our town are retail that rely, and also how much, uh, uh, what percentage of businesses are accommodation, and how much of the local economy does that make up? I mean, it, it, it really, it really is a matter of context, isn't it? You know, when you think about it, because 
Um, if, if we have a lot of retailers and they depend as to the, to the level that you talked about, um, this is pretty significant in our economy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, like our department works very closely with our economic development department um, because this information is important to them. But also, you know, when we're, when we're looking at things as far as the grand total impact, it's important for us to break it down to say, okay, you know, sample size of tourism businesses compared to all other businesses is X. However, you know, we wouldn't have, look at, you know, I don't like to, I don't like to in any way favor downtown Coburg. However, when you look at our downtown Coburg, it would not look the same if it wasn't for tourism. Right? You would not have the restaurants, you would not have the retail businesses that you have down there making it a vibrant community if it wasn't for tourism. It would be a very different perspective. You'll, you'll hear people say that the beach does not play an important role for local businesses. People come, they bring their own food, they use the beach, and at best, they might buy gas when they leave. Yet in the survey, Coburg Beach was identified as playing a significant role contributing to local business. Can you delve into what the survey found and whether or not this impression is true? So I think I think there is always truth to both sides. You know what I mean? I think I think there are definitely families who bring a lot of food or water or whatever with them. Um, however, I can speak, you know, as a mother of a young child, you know. I always forget something or, you know, if I'm going, if I'm going to the beach with my son, there's always something that, you know, it gets his fancy, right? You know, is it ice cream at the canteen or, you know, are we going uptown to buy a little treat or, you know, I find it hard to believe that people coming into the beach are bringing absolutely everything that they need for the day, especially if you are spending a significant amount of your day there. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to look at young families coming to the beach and spending $1,000 a day in Coburg. But if they're spending, and, you know, our, our local surveys are saying this too, you know, they're spending 60 to $100 a day locally. That's, that's 60 to $100 times how many thousand people we have at the Coburg Beach on these busy weekends throughout the summer. That's, that's a large impact. Where did you get the sixty to a hundred dollar figure from? I didn't see that in the reports. No, sorry, sorry. That's going back to some of our older surveys. So we locally—that's um, part of my tourism ambassador, our summer stu- student program. We try and get information from tourists to the region every year. Uh, so our students will go and do rounds um, at the marina, at the campground, and over at the beach, and just kind of gauge, you know, how much people are spending, where they're spending, as well as different information for me as to, like, you know, how do they hear about Coburg, and, you know, what marketing tactics are working or, you know, need to be adjusted. So that, you know, that older information I'd be pulling on from, you know, 2018, 2019, when we had a tourism season, but... Yeah, we do. We do have data stating that you know a lot of families do spend on average X amount of dollars. So yeah, they are. There is money to be spent. It's just you know some families are not spending huge amounts of money. But yeah, tourism comes in many different ways too. It's not just the beach as we know. But yeah, the beach is obviously a major key 
point for lots of locals. Uh, the one thing that definitely didn't seem so dubious was the, the role that special events play, holiday weekends like the Sandcastle mm-hmm. Festival and Canada Day and other promoted things. What was the overwhelming response to these questions? So the data, if I look at my numbers here, says 69% of retail and 50% of food and beverage uh, and 50% of accommodation businesses stated that community events and holiday weekends uh, had a significant impact on businesses. Which, you know, for, for me, obviously, is important to hear. We want to know that our, our festivals and events, you know, have an impact and are being successful for the purposes that, that they serve. Um, but that being said, you know, the feedback section of this survey also gave me really great insight into ways that we could reimagine festivals and events as well, right? They're saying, you know, they work. They definitely work. They're, they're a staple that works. People know that Coburg is a town that pretty much every single weekend there's something going on. So, you know, there's there's something to, some fun to be had in Coburg, uh, no matter what the weekend. But they, they gave us feedback on, you know, reimagining things like being more inclusive to all different types of parties and bringing in different types of people and keeping them here longer. So, yeah, it was, it was great to have you know, that validation that festivals and events are successful for, you know, bringing tourism in and seeing money being spent in the region. But we're always looking at different ways that we can reimagine things. So it was was great on both parts. One of the things that you've mentioned, and it was also part of the report, was the shift in overnight travelers or people who stay versus day trippers who come from the outside of our area and then spend a single day here. Can you explain this and help us understand why this is important? Yeah, so I, I agree with I agree completely with this statement that you know our our goal is always to encourage overnight stays in Coburg. You know, we we know the longer you stay, you're you're more likely to eat at a restaurant or stay at a hotel, um, shop locally, explore one of our museums. The more hours you're here, the more benefit it is to us for sure. Um, and that is definitely a goal that we always have. And, and, you know, that's part of what the students do as well, right? So, you know, even if people aren't staying overnight, the students are there to say, okay, well, did you know that this and this and this exists? Or, you know, if you're down at the beach, you know, why don't you just walk a couple minutes and you can go explore Sifting Cook Heritage Center or the Marie Dresser House, right? So we have tactics in place. Um, you know, Unfortunately, a lot of it does come down to budget when you're looking at exploring avenues and people, excuse me, essentially that are within that radius um, that would want to stay overnight. Um, you know, we have, there, there's a lot of misconceptions about the way that we market Coburg. There, a lot of people think that we focus and we, we spend a lot of money on marketing the beach when we really don't. The beach markets itself, we're, and we're fortunate in that way that essentially we have people who are coming to Coburg, you know, every year regardless. You know, they have a, a favorite long weekend that they come for, um, or, you know, they have family here, or they just, you know, they love a certain festival event, or they come for a show at the concert hall. We have a lot of people who come to Coburg every year that I do not need to spend a dime on. Right? Those people, essentially, I'm using social media 
to engage with them on a regular basis and let them know about new restaurants or new activities or tours that they can take while they're here. But as far as spending true marketing dollars on encouraging those people to come, we don't have to do that because we know that they're coming. So that's why, you know, social media and our tourism guide have been really essential pieces to us over the last couple of years. Um, But when you're looking at targeting outside markets and new new demographics of people to come and stay for that overnight travel, that does cost a lot of money uh, because you've got to find the right tactics, the marketing tactics to get to them. But, you know, a lot of those things are expensive. Um, And we just haven't necessarily had the funds in the last couple of years to do kind of big initiatives like that. Uh, You know, we, we look at ways like other ways to encourage longer visits, like, you know, events at the CCC, sporting events, or, you know, we've been really successful with, you know, the RBC Cup or the curling championships. Those were really successful in getting people from a larger area outside of just, you know, our region, Uh, but people from all over Ontario traveled for the curling championships. So that is, you know, that's a tactic that we look at that we incorporate both marketing, but also how we can utilize our special events. Um, but yeah, and uh, you know, it does take a certain budget to kind of reach that outer market and kind of explore new areas. Well, let's let's talk a little bit more about that because one of the things that gets discussed in the report is how one-day events or the beach contribute to some types of business like retailers while other types of events like hockey tournaments and things like you just talked about will impact a completely different set of businesses like restaurants and hotels. Tell us what you discovered about these types of events. You know, there were there was different comments made. Um, you know, one of the com- a couple of the comments was looking at targeting different demographics of people, right? So I think we do a really good job with, you know, our waterfront festivals and our rig fests that bring a lot of families, um, as well as, you know, some, you know, it speaks to a lot of seniors as well with the, you know, arts and crafts festivals that we have. Um, but I think a lot of people are hoping that we can capture the attention of that, you know, 27 to 35-ish, 40 crowd, right? How do we do that? Um who are going to come, they've, they've got money to spend, right? They don't necessarily have children yet. They've got free time, um, and they do. They, they like to have fun and spend their money. So, you know, there were comments made about music festivals um, and kind of thinking outside of our regular go-to list of artists and kind of think, you know, maybe going a bit bigger um, and spending a little bit of money on you know, a headliner, if you will. Um, as well as food festivals, right? People, people are well, foodies. Are you know very passionate people? Is that going to bring in a, a different crowd of people? So just or dog festivals, right? There's you know there's lots of there's lots of passionate groups out there. So how can we think of think of different activities? Um, and so you know that's something that you know I work very closely with our community events coordinator. Um, she. It, there 
is lots of benefits to being a, a municipality. We're part of a lot of networks, which is wonderful. So, you know, we're, we're part of a community and an organization that works with municipalities across Ontario. So there's a lot of shared ideas and shared thinking there. Um, so, you know, every year we kind of go back to the table and think about what we could do uh, to, you know, attract different, different markets. In reading the report, it becomes clear the business community is fragmented. There are some retailers who benefit from one type of tourism, say the ones that go to the beach, while there are others, like the hotels and restaurants, who do well when there's a hockey tournament. What does this tell us about the economics of tourism? Yeah, so the report definitely speaks to the fact that activities that happen at the beach or in Victoria Park definitely benefit your downtown businesses more than they do, uh, you know, accommodations for certain, um, and businesses in the northern area of Coburg, um, whereas, you know, sports events and hockey tournaments, you're usually seeing a lot of people who require accommodations. Uh, so I, I think a lot of it comes down to, for us, is our timelines, too, and, and our budget. So, um, you know, as a town of Coburg, you know, and the, and the report made, made claim to this, is that we do rely on a lot of community organizations to host our festivals and events. When you, when you look at the 200-plus events that are permitted every year in the town of Coburg, a massive majority of them are run by our nonprofit organizations, right? And they do a great job, and we, you know, we hugely benefit from their hard work. Um, so, you know, we don't necessarily have say into changing Waterfront Festival, not that we would, but you know what I mean, Ribfest, Waterfront Festival, those are all organ- those are all events that are being run by third parties, not by the town of Coburg. Um, so essentially what we want to do is take this feedback, see what, you know, how is this event benefiting this business and these events are benefiting the others, and then take a look at the, the festivals or events that we as a town of Coburg manage um, and what additional, you know, budgets that we have, as well as the schedule of events in the town of Coburg, um, to see what we could incorporate or what we could change. Because, you know, the other caveat essentially is we don't want to compete with our nonprofit organizations and the events that they have. Like I think a really important thing to remember here is that those are major fundraisers for our organizations. And all that money goes back into the local community. So that's a really important piece to remember with all of this. So essentially, you know, it's going to be, you know, the second part of this when it comes to the festival's events is sitting down at the table, kind of looking at, you know, what, what works for whom, and then taking a look at that schedule, maybe working with some of those community organizations to say, hey, what about adding this element um, to your already successful event, and how can we help um, in that way? But then, you know, making sure that we're looking at that schedule to, to bring in new events that don't compete with those, but offer a, a new opportunity for different businesses. So it, there's definitely going to be kind of a secondary analysis to this that will be on specifically not so much the marketing piece, but the 
any event piece and, and how we can kind of reinvent a lot of our events there. One of the key things that came out of the focus groups was the impact of tourism on jobs. Now, it was interesting to see that some of the comments related to people hiring for the summer, uh, taking on temporary staff for special events. How big a difference is tourism making when it comes to generating employment? I don't have exact figures on the overall, you know, numbers, but it was really interesting to see that, you know, a lot of these businesses, you know, restaurants or accommodations are bringing on additional staff in the summer because we are so busy. And like to me, that's that's a wonderful story to be told by tourism, right? That that that's money that's being kept locally, and that is it's local people getting those jobs, right? There's there's not a lot of people traveling from Toronto to come and work at a restaurant in Coburg. Like that's just not realistic. So that that to me is a great thing to say about local jobs. Um, but then they do say that, you know, right now it, it's seasonal. It's, it's just summer. So that has been our goal for the last couple of years since the development of the marketing events department is how can we turn COVID truly into a four season destination? And again, that comes back to our discussion earlier about festivals and events, right? How can we look outside of just the summer months and look at winter festivities or fall festivities that are going to bring people year-round to Coburg so that we can, you know, support these businesses in supporting the local, like, the local taxpayers and, and, you know, youth that are coming up in Coburg and make sure that they have these jobs year-round rather than just in the summer. So, yeah, there's, there's definitely, you know, lots to look at there. Um, and that was definitely a big one is, you know, how can we extend our tourism season past just the summer as well as looking at ways to host events during the week rather than just on the weekends because we are pretty successful during the weekends, right? So... In the report, there were comments indicating that the town does not support businesses related to tourism sufficiently. They need to be more open-minded to ideas was one of the comments and to change. Um, And some people criticized the town for not being on board. What are you recommending to be done? So I think studies like this are really important. Um, I do think that we we definitely have um, a number of groups that are more comfortable coming to council and more comfortable sharing their opinions in different ways. Um, and, and I, like, I'm, I'm well aware that not everyone in the town of Colbert thinks that tourism is beneficial. Uh, however, I think when you look at the numbers, you know, it, it's hard to say that a billion dollar industry in Canada isn't going to have some sort of significant impact on our town, right? Like, you know, as one of the pieces of information that came um, in one of the focus groups was, you know, tourism is the second biggest industry in the town of Coburg, second only to agriculture, right? Like, that's that's pretty significant. So I think, you know, there are a lot of groups who don't have the opportunities, perhaps, to come and voice their opinions to council, or there haven't, we haven't made the opportunities for them to, you know, tell them, tell us as staff and as well as council to say, you know, we really think that you should be doing this, or we really value this, but we disagree with this. 
So having surveys like this and engaging these businesses and engaging these groups is something as staff that I think we is really important for us to do every year as much as possible. And as I said, you know, it's it's always challenging when you're working with businesses to say to them, please stop everything you're doing that's important for your business to give me this information, right? Because it is, it's time consuming. But being able to have these opportunities so that they can voice their opinions, they can give their feedback is really important and definitely something that the marketing events environment values because we can only grow if we get that feedback. Now, the consultant's report also alludes to a, quote, locals-only mentality. Now, the report states that uh, that this is, one person identified it as, quote, mitigated racism. There's also an issue with the public's perception of Asians and Southeast Asian tourists. And again, I'm quoting from the report, inhibiting the progress of the town of Coburg and a reputational risk beyond tourism, end quote. Can you explain what is being said here and why it's important? So I'm not going to say that those opinions don't exist. You know, we, I, you know, we have seen a lot of statements being made over the years, and especially since COVID, um, come out kind of the we against them theory. Uh, and I understand completely that, you know, in a year such as this, when you have a pandemic, to think about. You do want to think about the safety of your family and the safety of your neighbor's family. I completely understand that. Um, but there definitely has been a lot of chat um, that I've seen on different avenues that really doesn't doesn't speak, doesn't support our welcoming motto that we have here in COVID. When I think about COVID, I really do think about it as a community that has a you know, amazing citizens uh, that, you know, welcome people with open arms. But I, I do think that there is a lot of um, comments being made that do kind of speak to more of a racist view. Um, but I will say it's not just covert love. Like, you know, I spent the last year on weekly calls um, that the Tourism Organization of Ontario has scheduled with municipalities and tourism organizations organizations across Ontario and COVID really brought that out in a lot of communities. Um, We were seeing some really ugly things happen in a lot of um, our fellow beachfront communities, especially, you know, um, you know, this, we don't want Torontonians here kind of messaging. So we're not alone. And I think, you know, as a province and, you know, as a country, I think we need to kind of reflect on how COVID has maybe brought out some of this thinking. Um, And, you know, when the pandemic is over, I think we need to kind of reestablish our values. Um, But, yeah, it it definitely has brought to light a lot of that thinking. Um, And then there is, on the other piece, there are definitely definitely members of this community who have lived here forever, and they don't see the benefits in bringing more people to, to to Coburg, whether it be through tourism or whatnot, like, you know, growing the community. Um, and, you know, that's fine. Coburg is, Coburg is a wonderful small town. Um, but I do think that there, you know, tourism is beneficial in 
my husband and I moved here 10 years ago. Um, you know, it, it was for his work, but, you know, we could have lived in Kingston. We could have lived in Belleville. Uh, but, you know, Coburg was this vibrant community that offered so much to us and our future children that it just, it, you know, it was this beautiful place that why wouldn't we want to move here? And a lot of that happens through tourism, right? So a lot of people come to Coburg, come to the marina, come to the campground, come have a, you know, experience a festival or event, fall in love with it, and then move here. Uh, and a lot of the reasons that people move here is the same people reasons people want to set up business here, right? So businesses want vibrant communities. They want communities that invest in their people and their places and their things, right? So that speaks a lot to tourism. So, you know, again, why myself and our, you know, our economic development team work so well together is that a lot of the selling points for Coburg as a tourism destination are the selling points for Coburg as a business destination. Um, so there, you know, there is so much benefit to looking outside of our community and being welcoming, right? Welcoming those people and welcoming those businesses in here because it's going gonna, it's gonna to maintain our sustainability. Now, a lot of businesses and tourism operators said in the report that the town would benefit from promoting itself as a destination. I mean, that's not overly surprising. But why is it a municipal responsibility and not the responsibility of the businesses themselves or the business associations like the DBIA or the Chamber of Commerce to pay for these things and, and to, do, to run them? Why should we be spending tax dollars and not letting those who are most directly affected pay for the, the promotion? have we each have different responsibilities so my job as the tourism manager for the for the municipality is to bring people and attract people to Coburg once they get here the responsibility is on a lot of you know the DBIAs or the chambers or the independent businesses to bring that those people to their own local businesses right so we do work we work in partnership a lot, right? So, you know, I can, we strive every year to promote as many events or businesses or programs and activities as we can, but we can't possibly promote every single business in the town of Coburg. Um, you know, we partner with these organizations on events and things like that that, that shed light on lots of different businesses or opportunities like events that allow you to kind of have a taste of everything of Coburg. Um, so it's not just us. Like the, the businesses and, you know, the local organizations do have a large part in marketing their clients, if you will. Um, but, you know, our, our major job is to, is to bring people to Coburg. Um, and then, you know, why, like, why would you? So, why would you come to Coburg? So, we're we're going to focus on, you know, tours that we're having, or different events, or cultural programming that you can participate in. So, I wouldn't say it's just us, Rob. Like, I, I do think, you know, I do think these local organizations do they do a lot for marketing of themselves and you know their business partners. But it is the town's job to bring people into Coburg so that they can, you know, experience those 
there's no question that there's a lot of collaboration that goes on. I, I, I'm thinking more in terms of maybe a more cynical listener who's been thinking about this kind of thing and where tax dollars go. And I guess it's a more fundamental question about do should we even be paying as a municipality for tourism promotion? Yeah. And you know what, Red, like that's, that's something that kind of I struggle with every year just with the portfolio that I have, right? So essentially the way I look at tourism is the same way, you know, I look at events and filming in the town of Coburg. There's a micro and there's a macro scope to all of these activities, right? So on a micro level, does tourism directly bring money into the tax base? Well, no, not really. We, we do, we do, you know, we sell advertising to offset, um, you know, our cost to the taxpayers. And, and we sell souvenirs and different things like that, again, to bring some money back into and to kind of support the activities that we're doing. But on a macro level, that's why sur- surveys like this are important, and that's why doing this research is important because, you know, while I can't go to the mayor and say, okay, you know, tourism brought in X number of dollars to the corporation of the town of Coburg last month, what I can say is tourism helped X number of businesses bring in 35% of their revenue, which means those businesses have money not only to stay open and to continue to thrive, but maybe they're going to reinvest in their properties. Or maybe, you know, because they a lot of them, for these small and medium-sized businesses, are also local taxpayers themselves, Maybe they're going to, you know, put, renovate their house or put more money into their home, right? That all comes back at the end of the day to the tax base. So, you know, that's how it, it's hard to say this is what how tourism benefits, you know, my budget. But it benefits the community because it means that these businesses and these people can continue to take, pay corporate taxes and local taxes. So it's... It, yeah, that's kind of how you need to look at it as a twofold. On Monday, you're going to present these reports to council. Where where do you go from there? What's next? So after that, it is really kind of sitting down. It's sitting down with um, you know our partners in economic development, as well as you know our staff in the festivals and events department, um, to see you know. How can we analyze the feedback that's been given to us uh, to benefit, you know, how can we, you know, fortunately we have a bit of a quiet 2021. Um, So, you know, what can we, what can we do in 2022 to start tackling some of these initiatives that have been brought to our attention? Um, So it'll be, it'll be working with a lot of our partners and a lot of our stakeholders as well as building on some of the relationships that we, we've already kind of established and want to strengthen. So working with our partners at Northumberland County and working with our partners, like a lot of the feedback, which is great, is something I've kind of been hoping to build, is this whole kind of stay here, play there idea. So how can we partner with other municipalities in the region to encourage those longer stays and, you know, those bigger experiences. So a lot of it will be, you know, working with our local stakeholders and our partners to kind of 
see how we can start building out onto these tactics in 2022, 23, 24, etc. Kara Uali, thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you, Robert. I always appreciate your time. That was my interview with Kara Uali, Manager of Marketing and Events for the Town of Coburg. As a follow-up to her answer during the interview about concerns regarding systemic racism, Kara sent an email. In it, she makes reference to, quote, the town of Coburg joining the Coalition of Inclusive Municipalities and the significant steps council and staff are making to ensure improvement to their policies against racism, discrimination, exclusion, and intolerance, end quote. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me. And I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County. So please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in. And I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for more from Consider This.